Stealing Signs. We help you dominate any fantasy baseball league by giving you the information your opponents don't want you to have. So sharpen your pencils, get ready to take some notes, and let's get going. Yeah, I figured, I, you know, I, I don't see you hitting the sauce yet, so I think you're this this barbecue that you're going to, apparently you have to at least be somewhat non-sloppy. Is that was it? Is this Stephanie's um, work work uh, friends and you're not supposed to make an ass of yourself? Or is it her family even worse? Or or are you I, just waiting to get blasted when you get there? I, I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. <laughs> we'll see how it all goes. It's actually a uh, former co-worker of mine and uh, his, his family going over there. They're like good friends of ours. And um, so I don't know. It's only... Um, what, like one thirty my time? Um, <laughs> and shoot, man, I'm 41. I mean, when was the last time I actually got blasted? I, I have no idea. You'll see me having um, like three beers or so. I was going to say, gosh, the last time you had four beers, right? Was that, that's the last time you got blasted. <laughs> that is well, the 41. I mean, you're just a fresh-faced little you know, child to me at this point. I, I like mean, to think so. 41, yes. I would wake up and... Everything worked. Everything felt good. No muscle pulls. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. count my calories when I was forty-one. Yeah, yeah. I still don't do that either. Um, <laughs> you motherfucker. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't because I'm not nearly as active as I used to be. Like playing uh, indoor soccer, like I was just a few years ago, seemingly, or playing softball. Yeah, yeah. Now it's more like fantasy sports. Right. Right now, you sit um, in your living room with a head headphone on, headset on, and uh, talk about other people and yeah, their physical should I say activity. I, should I say I stay in shape vicariously? Is that a thing? <laughs> well, there is true. There is proof, right? That psychologists say when you're watching someone do something, that there are certain synapses that fire off in your brain that simulate right what they're doing. So, yes, I would imagine so at some level. But I don't know about the caloric intake of the synapses or mm. the caloric expenditure of the synapses firing versus actually getting out there, uh, putting on your – what are those Adidas boots, the uh, soccer cleats, soccer boots, the indoor soccer? There's like – everyone wore them in high school when I was growing up. They were like the coolest thing. They, uh, what's, do you know the name of them? No? I don't know, man. I mean, where I went to high school at, um, at the time, the big – gosh – they were either Jordans or Doc Martens, to give you an idea. In like oh, at era. high school, not on the yeah, not yeah. on the uh, the artificial pitch of the indoor soccer league. But you're saying oh, yeah. that uh, indoor indoor soccer. I don't even remember that being th- that popular of a thing. Actually, maybe in the '80s, the St. Louis Steamers they were huge. St. Louis Steamers were a big deal, um, right? But that was slight slightly ahead of my time. I was like playing. Indoor soccer and outdoor as a as a little kid because like in St. Louis that's just what you do. Every little kid played soccer, you know. And to an extent, I think that still holds true, right? Um. Well, it's interesting, right? They're called sambas, the old Adidas. Oh sambas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Everybody yeah, yeah. Had those the black See? and white ones, and you had that yeah. like brown gummy gummy bottom to them. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. had those. It was kind of like a rite of passage to being human almost i, right, I think everybody right. had them yeah see i'm glad you recognize that i don't, I don't oh, yes. feel as old now that i know that and then you know when i was growing up it was it was work boots like literally work boots not like timberlands i don't even think timberland mm. was a thing then <laughs> Duck and, and then steel toe. right right exactly well i grew up in new hampshire too so that was you know we were grunge before grunge was cool uh, uh and then when i moved to florida uh, right after high school it was it was all skate you know it was uh, op and and skate Skatewear. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure our listeners are, are tuning in to hear our takes on fashion. Uh, but it is interesting, right? A soccer, when you bring up soccer, so I was watching uh, uh, Premier League soccer yesterday, which to me, I, I'm a huge fan of the sport. Uh, and I, I really, I was watching uh, Man U and Arsenal, me and my oldest son. We were really enjoying the athleticism, just incredible. Yes. Yeah. But then it made me think about the rise of, especially the women's team. And then, you know, obviously men's soccer. So when we were growing up, Justin, well, when you were growing up, and certainly when I was growing up, we weren't anywhere on the international stage. 
But it's been generations now of kids playing soccer, just like you mm-hmm. said, indoor, outdoor. Uh, I know when I was in high school, that was you know, the sport that everyone played that didn't play the other sports, but I don't think that's the case anymore. And, you know, we start to think about the, the you know, in the Caribbean, uh, how, how much the sport is revered. And I think about, you know, the lack of kids playing Little League compared to when I grew up playing Little League in the United States. I wonder, you know, how this game is going to involve in the United States, because we are seeing soccer really kind of step up lacrosse another one that my oldest played mm-hmm. for many many years is you know these these sports are now coming up and i think you know I, we're, we're probably going to see less and less great players from the united states is is my opinion and and when you look at all the young turks right all the young kids that are playing right now these the top 100 prospects more than half Maybe came the United States to play in the in the tour, you know, the tournament circuits. But have you thought about that? Have you ever thought about you know uh, just where this game's going, given where the youth is coming from, and where <laughs> actually practically where fantasy scouts should be looking? Because it's not in your high school diamond, most likely, unless you're in oh. Texas or uh, California or Florida. Then I guess you could probably still see probably some of the best players, but. Yeah, gosh, it's a it's a good perspective. I mean, out here in southern Arizona, I mean, you have like your peewee football that's fairly big out here, right? Um, right. And then, gosh, I'll see some people playing pickup basketball, but man, I never, I never like go by a park and see like a group of kids, even just. Um, kind of hitting uh hitting grounders or hitting fly balls to each other <laughs> right? i mean right? never see that never um so you're right i mean and i think major league baseball has obviously recognized that and you have um their adjustments that they've made like with the rbi program mm-hmm. um but i don't really know how effective that is um i don't know i mean shoot the the wave of the real talent is um, really been coming out of uh, the Dominican and you know these central South American countries for gosh for quite a while as far as you know where the American kids are, are focused I am familiar with um, uh, the presence of lacrosse even though you know the the two main states that that I've lived in it really didn't have much of a, a presence um, right but uh, I don't know I mean, shoot, without having any of my own kids, I'm not really sure what they're playing. Video games? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You but know, there like, were, what, what is that? When you were growing up, there were video games, right? I mean, they weren't as, you know, almost yeah, like we, simulation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we were playing them, but, I mean, we were definitely also saying, hey, you know what, we just played a game. Let, let's go in the back and, you know, we had one of those adjustable nets. Uh, basketball things and like the in the backyard and you know we're pretending to be like sean kemp with these alley-oops or like charles barkley or whatever right. and and duncan is eighth graders or whatever and um you know we play home run derby and and trying to simulate uh king griffey jr or john crook or gary sheffield or julio franco's batting stance and all these unique ones and you know, we're we're playing like that or uh, throwing the football around, me being a lefty, I always wanted to be Steve Young, you know. And mm-hmm. for a hot minute there, Mark Brunell was a lefty quarterback. Those those had a good couple seasons. Maybe Kenny, so. Kenny Stabler, maybe Kenny yeah, Stabler. There, remember Ken? There the we snake. go. Um, or Jimmy Plunkett. Yeah. Anyway, you know, and so stuff like that. Um, but man, I I don't know what's going on in other people's backyards, but I, I have a hard time envisioning that continuing. But. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where uh, youth sports are going to be coming from as far as where to pay attention for the, uh, the younger kids. I don't know the, the Latin American presence. It's probably just always going to be there. Yeah, I, I, in, in the game itself is revered. And I actually think that what we'll see is more of the, the, the Caribbean influence on the games in the United States, right? It, the, the, you know, w- watching. I love watching the games when the the teams play down in Puerto Rico, 
uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoy the you know the winter ball down there because it's an event. There's there's people you know with mm, horns yeah. in the crowd and the yelling and the screaming. It looks like a party. It looks like a almost looks like a college uh, football tailgate happening in the stands, and people are digging it. And they're digging it while they're watching the game, and I believe they really understand what's happening. They're, they're knowledgeable fans, but they just seem to have so much fun. Whereas you go to, you know, any any stadium in the United States uh, and Southern Canada, and you'll see a lot of people sitting around, most of them looking at their phones, and you know, they're they're not. It's not an event, right? They're so eating, they're spending eat, time right, eating. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so it, it's just it's very interesting to me, and I think, you know, when we think about, uh, you know, what should we be looking at over the winter if we're thinking about from a fantasy perspective, right? Who should we be? You know, what we sh- what should we be looking at? We've got two big things, right? We've got the minor league baseball playoffs coming, and then we also have winter ball in the the Caribbean, which is which is super fun and exciting. We have what Arizona Fall League. I was yeah, I was just and then we have the, the Fall League. The this is the year, right? Where we have World Baseball uh, Classic coming up, right? Yep. Yeah, it's coming back to Arizona. Um, very, very excited about that. The U.S. roster is stacked, stacked, and um, so I know that uh, those practices and games run parallel to spring training, um, and so I believe. Uh, spring training will have like a couple weeks ahead of the WBC uh, once that starts to kick off. So players like Mookie Betts and Mike Trout, they might um, be able to have a couple games with their respective teams spring mm-hmm. training until they report um, to uh, the Diamondback Stadium, Chase Field, uh, which is where they'll be doing um, those games at Chase Field. They might have some exhibition games um, at the uh, like spring training fields, uh, if they continue things the way it was, gosh, was that eight years ago or so, last time it was in Arizona? Um, because yeah. I know last time the WBC was happening, I believe it was based out of Florida. Yep. You know, and I, so, yeah, that's, that, it's very exciting. You're correct. There's a, there's a lot of off-season baseball things to get excited about. Fall league always. Yeah, so you got just just to uh, to put the uh, kind of a bow on the World Baseball Classic. We've got Will Smith catching. We've got Pete Alonso and Paul Goldschmidt at uh, first base. I guess maybe you know uh, they're they've already announced two first basemen, and I don't know. Will they? They'll, they'll probably have the DH in the World Baseball Classic as well. So that that'll make sure it easier. they will. Yes, second base, uh, the Keystone, Trevor Story, uh-huh. Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox. Uh, third base would be Nolan Arenado, so two St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and then at shortstop, we've got Tim Anderson and Trey Turner. Oh, good. And then, Those are new to me. I, did, I was not familiar with who the shortstops were going to be. That was, uh, that was kind of the void. So good, man. And then check out this outfield. This is probably what you were you going gaga over. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Cedric Mullins, Mike Trout, and Kyle Tucker. Yeah, Mullins and Tucker. I was not aware of those guys, but good lord! I mean, that's that's loaded. Um, surely there's going to be. Oh, the other catcher um, is uh, JT Real Muto. Oh, okay. He. Great. Um, I wasn't familiar familiar with Will Smith, um, and the rotation. I'm not familiar with uh, what's going on uh, with the pitchers. Um, I know that. Uh, Oh gosh, who is that guy on uh, MLB? Mark DeRosa going to be the manager, um, and then uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and forget who another coach is going to be. I mean, it, it's just it's so stacked. It, it's going to be really, really exciting. Hopefully, I'm able fantastic. to catch a couple games. Yeah, in person, right? And and this Correct. is just after I said the baseball talent in this country is going down. Every one of those players, right? Just awesome, American. you know, yep. household names. So, you know, so much on me, right? Um, that's, that's, you know, kind of interesting. I probably should check myself a little bit before I lead into that part. Yeah. We'll, uh, see, what, <laughs> uh, we'll see what the Dominican looks like. We'll see what uh, Venezuela looks like. Those teams are always 
always have some good guys. Um, we'll see what uh, Chinese Taipei and Japan look like. You know, I mean, there's always studs over there that you've never even mm-hmm. heard of. Um, mm-hmm. So, shoot, even though uh, we might only recognize a name or two from one of those Asian teams, um, <laughs> would you put it past them to take it all? Well, you know what? I mean, they play a very different style of game, right? Correct. And the it swings typically, look different. Yeah. And it, it, th- every year they come in and they are not, they are not, um, not intimidated a, coming no, over. No, they're not intimidated. I love seeing some of the power hitters from Japan, uh, and really from the Far East come over and, you know, see how they fare against quality pitching or pitching that I would say is probably up a level from what they're at. I think they say it's what the quality of pitching there is probably similar to double A. Is that, yeah, I know that, is that a uh, too much? they're not, they're not used to American velocity, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where, uh, that's always seems to be the caveat when, uh, I read scouting reports on some, um, uh, Asian, uh, player wanting, wanting to come over here. Um, you know, what is it, What is the norm down there? Low nineties. I mean, the norm down there may be um, what we were seeing in like the early nineties, the early nineteen right. nineties. You know, um, so high heat coming in, pinpoint accuracy at ninety eight, ninety nine, and the seventh inning from the same starter. You know, that, it's it's like Justin Verlander, uh, Sandy Alcantara stuff. Americans, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that has got to be. Have you ever you ever stood at the plate with a even a ninety mile an hour fastball? Yeah, and um, I mean, it's with my with my slow twitch athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm a rear and back from my load right around the time that uh, you know that the pitcher is maybe midway through their wind up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's just I'm trying to swing a um a, a surfboard or a um a, a cricket bat and uh, hoping that that I get lucky. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So uh, before we get further, I want to talk about the uh, minor league baseball playoffs, and then also uh, what 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 people should be looking for over the winter at these different leagues. Here's my trivia question for you, Justin, and you can try to answer it now. We can wait to the end of the show to get the answer. But this question, what are the odds of getting injured while sitting in the stands of a regular Major League Baseball game? The odds of a fan getting injured while watching Correct. a game? In the stands, yes. Oh, wow. Let's see. Stats two in college was a very long time ago. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know how to create that equation. Um, it's going to be something astronomical. Let's see. We're going to have to come back to that. You got it. You got it. We can come back to that later on tonight. Okay. So now let's. We're we're here. We're we're talking about. The you know uh, playoff season for minor league baseball. What are you watching for? What do you want to see? I know for me, I do want to see if a player can operate well at in a time of stress, right? So I want to see you know what that looks like from you know what the pitcher's doing on the bump and also what the what the batter's doing at the plate. And I know, I know, I know the stat heads have always said there's no such thing as a clutch hitter, but I think this is one of those things that. The stat heads eventually are going to come up and discover that there is such a thing as a clutch hitter, and I like to see clutch hitting in any high pressure situation. So you know, I want to see uh, you know if Jackson Churio, if he's in, if can he can he still get that game power at a, a very important time in a very important game? So that's that's really what I'm looking for. Does someone step up in high pressure situations and perform and perform well? I get it. It's a low, you know, there's a low, really, it's not statistically significant, right? They're not going to have enough at bats for us to say anything. But man, I still think there's something about that when a player does well. What are you looking at? Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
ridden such thing as a clutch hitter? I mean, you want to tell Jeter or Big Poppy that? Nope. You know what I mean? I mean, I do. Is there? So, um, let's see. You know, as as you first brought that up, I was thinking same thing. Like, are they able to? Um, are they able to manage themselves? Are they able to uh, see the same quantity of pitches per at bat as what they did during the regular season? You know, mm-hmm. are they pressing a little bit, or are they ex- are they anxious? Um, you know, and then I'm thinking like, well, what kind of correlation is this going to have to once they get up to the majors? I could, you know, what kind of um, stress is, is is your like first couple weeks in the majors versus minor league playoffs? You know, it, how do those correlate? Is the uh, is the minor league pressure going to really translate to major league pressure? I I don't know, um, but. Uh, you know, maybe some interesting stats could be that quantity of pitches seen per at bat. You know, um, maybe the strike to uh, walk ratio from uh, from pitchers. You know, do do any of those uh, improve? Do they do they dip? Um, I would have to say there's certain kind of uh, ratios that you, you'd be able to compare um, in the playoffs versus versus regular season. So you you you'd pay attention to it. It sounds like you're not as excited about it as I am. You'd say, yeah, there's probably something to that, but don't don't over adjust. You know, someone could get on a heater during the playoffs, and and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a world beater when they get up to the majors. It just means they got a heater, right? Uh, so I think that's what I'm I'm hearing that in the tone of your voice versus what you said, Justin. It's just because we've we've talked for many years. So am I right or am I wrong? Um, no, there, there has to be some correlation to the way that, uh, they're able to handle all of this. Um, but then again, you just kind of get those guys that seemingly come out of nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, that's kind of the fun of playoff baseball. You just get that, (laughs) that fifth outfielder that just bats like 430 throughout the playoffs. You're like, who is this guy? You know, and Yeah, and then ESPN has a big bio on him. He was like a Rule Five pick that's just somehow stuck, and now he's a now he's a uh, NLCS MVP or you know some kind of a hypothetical situation. Um, yeah, I I, I think yeah. I, I I'm not sure where to go with it without uh, really digging into these stats. Kind of at a loss. So it's actually a really fun topic. Um, I'm kind of more of a kind of speaking hypothetically right now well maybe we can watch the playoffs and we can kind of share our thoughts maybe this will be your your virgin trip through the minor league uh baseball playoffs and see this what you see need some, some things pop up this is when we need a, a, a live studio going on so we can have some of our listeners call in like all right we have uh johnny from um you know toledo johnny what, what do you think of it that's right that's right. Yes. Well, Johnny, if you're out there, we're listening. We're looking at you, Johnny from Toledo. That's right. That's right. Just message us and we'll we'll talk to you. Johnny from Toledo. Johnny. Let's do it for Johnny. So now let's talk about what's what's going on over the winter and what do you get excited about? We talked about, you know, the obviously there's the um the uh uh winter ball down in the Dominican. There is uh, Arizona Fall League. Obviously, you're intimately aware of that, and I know you yes. spend time there. So, where are you? Where are you looking? Where are you scouting this winter? I mean, given the proximity, and you know, there's going to be a bias uh, for me to be uh, favoring um, Arizona Fall League just because I can go to this stuff all the time. Right. Um, you know, so those kind of uh, those kind of games. You kind of take the stats with a grain of salt. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a header haven, um, largely because you know a lot of teams want to conserve uh, the innings for their for their top pitching prospects. Um, although you may see someone with someone like uh, Grayson Rodriguez who uh, lost a lot of innings this year because of injury. You know, maybe he gets put on the taxi squad where he's only over here for like two days a week. Um, and, you know, get to see him uh, throw two or three innings. 
you know, so maybe I'll get lucky and see how he fares. Um, someone like um, Henry Davis, uh, former number mm-hmm. one overall pick, he he, uh, he had to go through a bunch of injuries, lost a lot of at bats this year. So um, the AFL rosters aren't out yet, but I actually expect both of those guys to be on there, um, just given the uh, the lack of innings that they had. Um, so you know, I want to see really, I want to see those swings. Um, how do they handle the pitching? Uh, you know, how do they run? Um, just really get to see the, uh, the talent that they're showcasing. Um, so wanted to uh, put together my own re- scouting reports on them, compare them to uh, what I've read through other um, uh, publishers. How do they compare and contrast? Uh, my grades in line, you know, is in a former show of ours, I remember uh, mentioning that I thought uh, Julio Rodriguez was faster than um, most other major scouts were giving him credit for. And so I projected him for, you know, double-digit uh, stolen bases when I didn't really get the impression that a lot of other places were, were seeing that. Um, so the, those sorts of things. So what you're saying is that suddenly if we have to stop recording because you're now property of a Major League Baseball organization, that's what's going to get you in the door right there is what you saw. And Julio Rodriguez, before anybody else did, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, all the scouts, you were on it. Yes. I love they, it. I think so. Yes. Um, who else? I remember there were some times where like highly touted prospects, namely like uh, Yonder Alonso. You remember him? He was like a top 10 pick out of, um, out of Miami, went to Cincinnati. I mean, he was a big prospect. And um, I remember seeing him at the fall league, and I'm like, this kid can't hit. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sold on him at all. I, I don't think he's going to make it. And um, he didn't. You know, so, he did not. He did not. Um, there was uh, other like very, uh, very low prospects that I remember being pretty high on, like uh, Gene Segura. I thought he was going to be really damn solid. And I never mm-hmm. really heard anything about him. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, that kid said said some pretty nice seasons in a hell of a major league career. Not a superstar, but right. you know. So I'll I'll find my guys here and there. Uh, but then again, I thought Reimer Liriano had MVP written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, right? It just happens, right? You have biases now. So take the reader, the readers, take the listeners into. All right, you wake up. Right, and there's an Arizona Fall League that you're excited to see. What does that look like? What equipment do you put in the back of the car? How are you walking up to the stadium? Do you have a radar gun? Do you have a stopwatch? You've got a binder full of your your previous scouting reports. What does that look like? Paint a picture for us. All right, so it is going to be way nerdier than all of that, and uh, way less pro. Um, there's no stopwatch. I might, I might bust out my phone, take some videos of uh, a couple guys that um, I know that uh, maybe on my fantasy team or, or yours or whatever, and maybe talk some crap, kind of like this past spring training when I took some video of Julio Rodriguez uh, grounding to second base and sent it all to, uh, to the league and uh, offering um, maybe a stale box of uh, cereal to Greg. An exchange of Julio Rodriguez saying, "Here's my evidence. He's not going to do anything this year." You know, so that that, that might be the most technical e- equipment that I bring. Um, otherwise, it might be some uh, baseball cards or a baseball. As I'm going to nerd out and try to get, um, you know, Henry Davis's autograph or something like that. Um, I love it. Yeah, so that <laughs> that'll be my equipment: a baseball and a big pen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and my man. cell phone. Yeah. Well, there you go. And your cell phone, right? Which basically can do all the things that these old scouts could do. Other than, I don't know, I guess you can't You can't have a radar gun, right? You can't. Um, I'm sure there's an app for that. Uh, but with my old cell phone, um, probably not. Um, I, I, I don't know. Has a stopwatch, though. It's got that. Which I don't <laughs> use. I just eyeball it. Are they fast or are they not? You can tell. Man, that's old school. And I love the confidence. I love the yes. confidence. Yeah. So the, let, let's move over to, so we did, obviously you're not traveling to the Caribbean this year. 
uh, to go any of those games, but they are televised. You can find them, and I it, look. It is entertaining baseball, and you're. I know I'm amazed every time, just just how much talent comes out of the Caribbean. And so, uh, here's another trivia question for you. There's uh, Venezuela, Mexico, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Panama, and the Dominican Republic. Which country has won the most? Caribbean Series championships, and which country has won the least? Um, you know, I'm actually leaning towards Cuba winning the most. Um, and then who are the uh, who are the teams again? Let's see. Trying to determine who I think would be the least. Yep. So there's say- uh, Venezuela. Cuba, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Panama, and the Dominican Republic. I'm going to say Mexico wins the least. Panama. I'm trying to think of the number of like impact guys that have come out of those countries. I'm going to say Mexico won the least, Cuba won the most. So... Uh, Dominican Republic has won the most, uh, and Panama has won the least. For what it was, for whatever it's worth, <laughs> if it's believed, <laughs> I was going to say the DR number two in in Panama. Panama was teetering between Mexico and Panama when the go. least. Yeah, Mexico is right in the middle. Actually, Mexico uh through 2017 i i've got to look back at the most recent since 20 you know the last five years but mexico actually had one additional uh championship win than cuba uh championships so they at that time nine in mexico eight in cuba how many i wonder how many cuban-born players were on that mexican team after they defected is that a thing yeah it can be i know that's where um Yasiel Puig, he defected to Mexico hmm. from Cuba. And so in a situation like that, would Puig be on the Mexican team? Is that even a thing? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, yes, I, I, don't, I, I would just imagine as long as the games aren't being played in, um, in Cuba, right, then... Yeah, he's, like, he's staying at home. He's staying in Mexico if that's the case, right? right? And then what yeah, here's... country? What country that is not part of these countries that I listed out has there been Caribbean Series championships played in? What country um, is Jamaica considered part of the Caribbean? It is considered part of the Caribbean. However, Jamaica is not it. It is the United States. Hmm, in 1990 okay. and 1991, uh, the championship games were played in Miami. Right so, on. yeah, it's fascinating. This is I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about what to watch over the winter, it is entertaining baseball. I would absolutely say it. Just to t- wrap things up, through 2017, so I can update this later on, but 2017, Dominican Republic had 19 championships. Puerto Rico, 15 championships. Mexico, nine. Cuba, eight. Venezuela, seven. And then little bitty Panama had one in 1950. Wow, so that was a pretty rough guess on my end, putting Cuba (laughs) way up there. Well, you would think, right, because there's so much talk about Cuba. You're right. right. It seems like there's always a superstar coming out of there. It seems like it, right? So a couple of things, right? One. They, they've lost a lot of people to defection, right? So a lot of the other Caribbean players can, can actually play in the Caribbean and then play in the United States. Cuban players cannot play for their home country and play for the United States, right? So mm-hmm. that probably takes, you know, there is a talent drain for sure, whereas there's a talent buildup in these other Caribbean. You know, you think about uh, um, Jeremy Pena uh, playing in winter ball last year. Got some great at bats in a highly competitive environment, playing against major leaguers and playing with major leaguers. Think about how much that prepared him to play in the major leagues this year 
as opposed to, say, uh, Torkelson, right, who, who basically have been playing in minor league ball, right, but nothing. When you watch these championship games, it is, it is, it's far more raucous than any game I've seen in the United States, playoffs or not playoffs. But their tension is there, right? And they're playing for their country, so it's it's fascinating. So I more more to come on that. We can probably go a little deeper on that uh, in later episodes, and specifically what to look for, and maybe start to look at the rosters. Uh, Have you as ever they gone to a? You ever gone to any kind of an international sporting event? Uh, in the United States or outside of the United States? O- outside of the U.S. No, I have not. So I went to a. I went to the semifinals of the Confederations Cup in Germany. I saw Argentina beat Mexico. That was the summer of 2005. And uh, holy mackerel, it, it, was, it was in line with what you mentioned about horns blowing, flags uh, flying around, drums like singing and the chanting throughout. I mean, it was, I am not a soccer guy. I, I, don't know it, um, despite playing it a lot as a kid and even as an adult. But that kind of level, I, I just don't know it. Right. It, was, it was the coolest sporting event I think I've ever been to. It was a completely different thing. Um, so it, it's, it's right in line with everything that you had, that you had mentioned. Um, and I was speaking with someone um, out there as I was like, traveling around through Europe. I was like, what is this? Why? You know, why is soccer so, like, important? Um, and uh, they brought up, the, brought up a really valid point in that it is country versus country. And, you know, some of these places, they, they don't have anything. You know, they, mm-hmm. they don't have the natural resources that, you know, the GDP and things to kind of establish themselves as a superpower. And so they rely on these sports to give them the street cred, if you will. Yeah. You know, and so it's yeah. such a big deal if someone like Romania can beat Germany on, on the soccer field. You know, it mm-hmm. almost becomes like a, you know, that's where the national pride comes in. And, and so, you know, with the United States, you know, since what, uh, Arizona really isn't in that kind of like um, heated, uh, combative mode against, um, I don't know, Missouri. Right. You know, that's right, why. Yeah. That's why uh, you know a Cardinals game and a Diamondbacks game is not going to be so um, so heated. That's why people are able to be on their phones and eating their their nachos and things like that. So um, that is the explanation for why these international competitions just get so lively, so passionate. That's excellent. No, I'll be traveling to Europe uh, this winter. I don't know that I, I, I definitely wanted to take in a Premier League game just to see that type of atmosphere. To. You have yeah. to do it. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know uh, for sure. Okay. So I, I promised you the answer to the trivia question. And so it was as a fan at a Major League Baseball game, what are the chances that you get injured? So I'm going uh, what to is the. In- what do they consider an injury? It's undefined. So I would say mm. be as as liberal as possible. Hmm. So I'm just going to say you get you get struck with a ball and you actually report it to someone. Um I'm going to say the odds are 1 in 7 and a half million. <laughs> Uh, I don't know the specific odds for getting hit by a ball coming into the into the like fans. Unbeknownst area. to you getting like hit, injured to right. where like you're right. calling over an usher, you know, something right. like that. I'm going to yeah, say yeah, that yeah. the odds uh, that, of that would be like one in seven and a half million. Especially now that they extended the netting, right? So they they clearly there was a higher rate of incidents. But no, it just said injured, right? So you maybe you you get, twist your ankle walking down the stairs. You know, I don't know. You bump your head. You you get hammered and you fall out of the you know the upper level, which I surprised doesn't happen more often at some of these <laughs> games. Uh, having been around people, yeah. that is shocking to me. Three hundred thousand to one is the mm, chances, okay. which I thought you know. Again, going back to statistics, that was lower than I thought. Although, still, three hundred thousand to one is—it's not great odds, right? You're, it's a pretty safe environment, unless you're a Giants fan at a at a uh, 
a Dodgers game or something like that, then the odds, then the odds probably go uh, much higher that you get injured. Yeah, and to me, it just sounds like people need to buck up. People just need to toughen up. I'm saying one in seven and a half million. You're telling right? me it's like one in uh, one in six or seven games. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Jesus, you know that's that's crazy. Um, so yeah, now yeah. your odds of getting struck by lightning, one in fifty. One in fifty people. I'm one sorry. In 50, Just kidding. One in fifty thousand. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's. I'm sorry. Everyone's listening. Just just erase that from your mind. It's one in two hundred twenty-two thousand. Okay, so you have. Let's think about this. Your odds of getting struck by lightning are more probable than you getting hurt in a baseball. It's pretty safe, right? Right. So So this is baseball games. Sounds to be the most safe place you can go. It's pretty safe, right? It's pretty safe. Chances of you winning an Olympic medal, you talked about your uh, ferocious athleticism when you were a child. You said that's waned a little bit at 41, so the odds is for just everybody. But it's 1 in 662,000. Wow, okay. So my odds of 1 in 7.5 million, I, I don't know what that low of probability, what, what could possibly happen? Uh, alien abduction? Like a real uh, so one? I don't, no. I don't know. Your That's odds of probably... being killed in a plane crash, one in eleven million. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm dying this. in a tornado, you're even less likely to die in a tornado than in a plane crash, one in thirteen million. Now, your odds do go up if you're in a mobile home and you live in frequent paths of these storms. But if you look at the whole United States, right? So that definitely goes up. There's like zero natural disasters other than drought out here in Arizona, so it's pretty safe. Right. So now think about this. Your chances of getting killed by a meteorite impact, one in Mm. 250,000. Again, that is, uh, I would not have guessed that it would be so easy for that to happen. Now I'm terrified. Right. Now I'm going to be walking around with like my batting helmet on all the time. So finding a four-leaf clover, one in every 10,000 that you look like, right? So, you know, just to give you an idea of uh, what that looks like. Yeah, fun stuff. You know, from a, from a, all right. So you're right. It's, a pretty, it's pretty safe. It's pretty safe. All right, and so let's see about you. Um, what are you looking for in these winter winter ball games? How are you? Um, how are you assessing everything? What are you looking at? What could possibly happen for you to say, "Hey, this is a guy I need to see more of," or "This player is now on my radar"? You know, yeah, I'm look- after- I, 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 I'm, I'm absolutely looking at you know in the top 100. These players that are playing for the countries in the Caribbean, and we'll, again, we'll take a look at the rosters when they come out after the Major League Baseball. Uh, we get into the winter time, and there's not a lot to talk about, right? And in terms of going on in American baseball, but there is a heck of a lot to- going on in the Caribbean. Is I want to see, just like I said, Jeremy Pena last year. That is why I moved to get him in the leagues that I play in, is because I actually watched him play, and and he looked like a major leaguer playing there. Right, the other major leaguers that I saw there, uh, you know, it was really hard to discern. Right, a, a step down. Now, sometimes you'll see you'll see players that aren't quite as fast. Maybe their read on a ball isn't as good, or you know, they they the the power just isn't there that you might think. So I'm looking to see, you know, how these younger players are playing out against what I think is far better competition. And I'm also paying attention to who's on the mound. Because you will get some, you know, you'll get some, you know, 41-year-old, you know, beer-bellied Mexican pitcher, right, that, you know, will come in and, you know, probably call him El Guapo, you know, and, uh, you know, the handsome one will come out, but he'll be just, you know, meatballs over the plate, right? Uh, but once you get deeper into the playoffs and you start to see, you know, for example, a Dominican, which is probably 70% MLBers or recently retired MLBers or you know, up and comers that haven't made the MLB yet. It's pretty exciting and fun to watch. And then and just the enjoyment of the game, honestly, Justin, like it's like it's just so much fun. These people love baseball. They love being around people. And 
and their family and friends. And it's just, it's, it's where baseball's going, in my opinion. And it's, I think, super exciting. You know, just it's like really this funny. Go ahead. Funny that you brought that up as uh, that is where Major League Baseball is going. Um, because I was actually just kind of thinking that as well in the form of uh, the culture on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember, I remember uh, seeing some highlights of those kind of uh, winter ball like tournaments. And uh, gosh, a long time ago, I can't think of a, an exact time frame, but um, the quantity of bat flips, the quantity of like guys watching uh, these crushed balls while they're still standing in the batter's box. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking like the, the uh, pounding on the chest after a big strikeout. You know, um, you know, by the pitchers, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I can't stand that. <laughs> I do not like that." Do and, you still uh, not like it? Hundred percent. I don't even like the DH, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Even in the That's AL. That's, and uh, uh, so, um, yeah. Now Justin, that I, my, my neoconservative friend, yes, that that is, uh, I I actually enjoy it. I I, I find no problem with it. I uh, you know, I think. To me, there's an enthusiasm. And honestly, when I was growing up, even back way back in the 70s, Justin, way, way back in the 70s, when we did play baseball, that was something we would do. Four friends, eight friends, 12 friends, 20 friends, we would play baseball. Yeah. We, we, would, we would hit. We would admire. We would, we would uh, you know, we would, we would flip the bat. We'd talk some trash. Maybe not like what the kids do today, but we definitely had fun. It was fun. It wasn't buttoned down uh, for sure. I think. Yeah, and it, I guess, we, yeah. It's like, where do you draw that line between backyard and, I don't know, man. I guess I just really want to see Bob Gibson and Don Drysdale on the bump right. w- one more time. And, and uh, you know what? Like, go ahead, go ahead and flip that bat, Tim Anderson. Let me, let me see what happens next time uh, you, you got Drysdale on the mound. You, know? you ever hear that story of, um, was it Andre Dawson? Uh, first time he faced um, Bob Gibson. You ever hear that mm-hmm. story? No, Where, tell uh, us. <laughs> it was Andre Dawson. Uh, gosh, was he a rookie? And steps up to the plate. He digs in just like he uh, he did every time, and um, he was not paying attention to who was who he was facing that game. Digs in. And uh, as he's digging in, he sees the shadow approaching him from the mount. And he looks up, and it's Bob Gibson meeting him at the plate. This is in the game. And Bob Gibson says something along the lines of, unless you're digging your grave, you better fill that back up. <laughs> you're kidding me. That is, I, I want to see that. I want to see more of that. You know? So in your, so, your field of dreams... We've got we've got some chin music happening. We've got you know big wads of tobacco. We've got wool uniforms, right? Just white and gray. <laughs> the wool we, uniforms. Oh right? yeah, we've yeah. We've got we're... a crowd full of bowler hats, right? Uh, or or you know um, you know uh, cigars in the in the stands, right? This is your this is your Nirvana, right? This is your field of dreams. Yeah, human air back into uh, back in in play, no instant replay, and I, I mean like human air by the umpires. Look, yeah. you have it on the field, you need it on both sides. And I've heard the argument like, well, what if it's against your A's? Well, then that's just what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got umpires that look like they're like two burgers away from a heart attack because they're so overweight, right? Can't even move. Handlebar you know, mustaches all over handlebar. the place. There you go. There you go. I've learned something about you. I've learned yes, something yes. about you today. No names on the back of the jersey. No. Nothing. If there's even numbers, you know. Right. Here's one. Right. What was Rogers Hornsby's number with the Cardinals? He didn't have uh, one. It, oh, really? They didn't have numbers back then. Wow. They just they just wore the uniforms. I want to wow. say was it the Yankees or the Red Sox that started that? I want to say it was one of those teams that started the numbers on the back of the jersey. Maybe the numbers, but they were the last two teams to not have names on the back of the jerseys. And yes. I think the Yankees still. I don't know Correct. if on the roads, 
Jeez, I should know this. Do, do the Yankees have the names on the road uniforms? I don't believe they have it in no. either. No, yeah. They don't need it. Yeah. Well, right, it's the Yankees, right? So, well, Justin, this was a fun way to spend some Labor Day uh, afternoon hours. You're you're very different uh, without your sauce, though. I will say that you are uh, much more contemplative and thoughtful and a little <laughs> less uh, aggressive and... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, what was it? You ever see that one Simpsons episode where Barney, you know, um, they, they had him uh, not drinking and um, he ended up being this like really intelligent scientist, like, you know, kind of solving the world's problems. And then they give him a beer and he goes back to burping and, and being a hot mess at, at Moe's Tavern. Um, so perhaps, perhaps that's, that's what happens to me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of like Barney from, from The Simpsons. Maybe. Maybe you are, but you but you still retain all that smart, intelligent stuff. You're just uh, you're just more polite, not as boisterous, more thoughtful, not as boisterous. That's right. That's right. We are. Well, listen, my friend. I hope you have a great time at that barbecue, uh, and you can tell the old battle axe to go ahead and fire the car up, and or maybe should she crank it up? Do you drive an old Model T? After hearing what you, uh, we, do, we do, and I. Do. <laughs> oh gosh, man, that's hilarious. Um, that's right. Or uh, that's get, right. get the uh, get the horses ready. Get the horses ready, woman. That's right. That's it. Get the get the. I mean, this is pre AC days, so I don't know how you're living where you're living, but yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right, All right man. man. Well, listen, it was wonderful talking to you. I hope you have a great week and a great time at that barbecue, and and you don't go over that three beer limit, so you don't get wrecked. That is right. All right, buddy. Always a pleasure. All right. Always. Always fun. a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Oh.